0: Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. What a wonderful October evening to be in the house of the Lord together. We're going to have an awesome, awesome time tonight getting into God's word. And of course, fellowship and being with one another. It is a good day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the united states of america and especially as we you know get closer to november and elections and things like that it's really important that we have our faith released for the right people and the right positions at the right time and we're going to see god do an absolute wonderful work in the united states amen so let's go ahead and speak these words together father we come to you in jesus name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school. And every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Alright, praise the Lord. We've just got all sorts of really, really good stuff going on. And so let's, uh first of all, I want to catch up on some of the construction information. Uh, we've got our plumbers in here this week running new pipes and putting new toilets in and all this great stuff. So the work has begun and uh, the uh, general contractor is going to be starting soon thereafter getting drywall and sinks and doors and and flooring, uh, brand new tile floors in the bathrooms, and so lots of really, really good stuff. Uh, so the work is underway, and also we're getting a new stage behind us, too. It's all going to be one level with new... St- New stairs and new steps and, uh, and so that's great. Gonna have some electrical work done down there and some audio work. So there's a lot going on, uh, but praise the Lord. It is happening. And now that we got the ball rolling, we're believing it's gonna really speed up for us. Amen. Alright. Well, Harvest Fest information. Who's getting excited about Harvest Fest? Yeah. We're really, really close to, uh, to the big day on October the 28th. And so a few things to let you know. Uh, Tomorrow we're going to be posting... The uh, flyer on social media, so you have a job. What is your job? It is to share, 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 share. Share it everywhere. Share it on your page. Share it to the local Facebook pages. Uh, but share the flyer and invite people. And that is uh, just crucial for us to get people in so we can get them the gospel of Jesus. Amen. And uh, and uh, anyway, there's lots of other uh, ways that we'll get the word out. Uh, but uh, this coming Sunday is the spaghetti dinner. Who's ready for some spaghetti? Yes, so we're gonna get some spaghetti this Sunday. I think what's the cost? Eight dollars for adults, five dollars for kids. Is that what it says? All right. And, oh, yeah, there it is. And uh, and so uh, go ahead and there's a back there at the uh, Harvest Fest station. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet. And they're telling me, if you can go ahead and maybe even pay tonight, if you haven't yet, uh, that'd be great. They can uh, get start getting supplies and everything like that. Uh, so uh, go ahead and do that if you haven't yet. And, of course, the biggest thing we need is candy. Candy, candy, candy. We've got to have a lot more candy. So. If you're in the store and you know you're you're walking by the candy, just grab a bag. If you're not walking by the candy, just grab a bag and bring some in cuz we still need a whole lot of candy uh to to uh, bless these kids with. And so that is that. All right, uh young adults, this Saturday is your big day for the Brandon Lake concert at the Rock Church San Diego, not to be confused with the Rock Church in San Bernardino. Anyway, they're going to San Diego, and uh, they're meeting here. They want you here at noon because they're going to carpool, and then uh, the goal is to depart the parking lot by 1230. So make sure you're here for that, young adults. Lyft Family Picnic at the Park is coming up uh, on Tuesday, yeah. And so that'll be 5 p.m. to dark. Uh, over on H Street Park, and of course, you know, if you get off a little late and you, you know, you don't have to be there right at five, but... We would just love for as many people to come as possible. It is a wonderful time of hanging out and fellowshipping and just loving on the family. So bring some grub for you and your crew and uh, bring a little extra to share. And there of course, be games and fun and all that great stuff. But it's a really, really awesome time. And then this won't be on the screen, but the women's meeting is Friday the 14th. All right. And uh, you're having some Mexican food, I heard. Did I hear right? Okay, and uh, bring a dish to share, and of course, it's going to be a really great time for all the ladies, so be there that night, and then tentatively, all right, you can just kind of mark this on your calendars with a little asterisk, uh, but we are planning on the final Sunday night of October, that'll be the 30th, having a mortgage-burning party, all right? So, yeah, that'll be a great big deal. And it'll be a Sunday night. And we're going to kind of use the night to double as a Harvest Fest celebration party because we usually like to do that after Harvest Fest and just take a big deep breath and uh, give God praise for what he did. But also, since there's fire... Hey, let's throw some paper in it. All right. Uh, you know, approved paper. And, and so, uh, we're going to throw the mortgage, uh, final papers in there and burn that sucker. And you just better believe and know that this place is paid off 13 acres, all for the glory of Jesus. Somebody say amen tonight. Yes. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, that's all I've got for the moment. And let wait, let's see. They handed me this note. I, did I cover everything? They have hot dogs and lemonade. You need more hot dogs and lemonade? Uh, Alright, that's back there. Sign ups are at the back. And then the donuts, you need 12 more dozen to place your order. Alright, so hey, uh, go back there and order some donuts so they can get the Krispy Kreme order in. And of course bring in some, uh, sign up for lemonade and hot dogs because we give that out free all night long at Harvest Fest. Amen? Alright, who knows what time it is now? Happy time. Yes, it is happy time. If you need an envelope, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one and we're going to open our bibles to psalm 75 i'm going to be in the king james version the KJV, psalm 75 and we're going to look at verses 6 through 7 now if you're giving online you can go to hdwc.org slash giving and do that but we're going to be in psalm 75 verses 6 through 7 and this verse just keeps coming to me just every day over the past week or so because I'm seeing it in real time play out before our very eyes. And so I'm going to, I'll read this verse to us and then I'll say, I'll explain what I'm talking about. But in the King James, Psalm 75 verse 6, it says, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. Well, where does it come from then? But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. And so promotion, it doesn't come from the east or the west or from the south. It comes really from what? The north. It comes from God in heaven. He puts down one and sets up another. And so what are we talking about promotion? I am seeing so many people, God-fearing, tithing, Bible-believing Christians right now, getting raises and promotions and new jobs and people would say yeah but that can't happen that we're in a recession right now but all i'm seeing is god's people being blessed and getting set up for the next level in their lives and so i'm encouraging you right now if maybe you're like well i don't i don't love my job i don't love what's going on or i think that i you know need a promotion. Hey. Listen, don't be looking to people or to your boss or to the president or to somebody else. You have your eyes on heaven because promotion, it doesn't come from any of those directions. Promotion comes from God. He puts down one and sets up another. And this is your season right now for promotion. Who's ready for promotion in your life, man? Who's ready for a raise in your life? Amen. Come on. God is doing it right now, but you got to hook up your faith and get in tune with His plan. Amen? All right, well, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We're going to speak some words of faith over our giving this evening. And also, if you have not yet gotten uh, one of the October devotions, uh, the printed copies are back there on the info booth. Or you could go online, and they're on Facebook and on the church website. You could look on there, too. But it's really, really uh, a great devotion this month. It's about how to encourage yourself in the Lord. And I believe that we all need to know that survival skill in our Christian life. Amen? All right. Let's speak these words of faith together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go.
1: Let's sing together. Sing to the Lord a new song, lift up His name with joyful praise, sing of His sweet salvation, morning to night and day to day. Lift up your voice and thank Him Our God provides our every need Worship the God of mercy Who gave His life to set us free Our God is greatly to be praised Nothing in all the earth compares to Him The God of glory and of grace Our God is great, our God is great Shout to the God of triumph Let every tongue proclaim His praise Most in the resurrection In Jesus Christ Two rules and rules Our God is great To be praised Nothing in all the earth Compares to Him The God of glory And of grace Our God is great Our God is great Our God is great To be praised Nothing in all the earth Tell Him that God of glory and of praise. Our God is great, our God is great. Creation joins to praise Him. Let's sing this. Our God is great, our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims. Our God is great, our God is great. His team shouts and sings and let's sing. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is great, to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is great to be praised nothing in all the earth no to him that God of glory and of praise our God is great our God is great
2: we the see
3: of all of our heart our soul and our strength and Lord we thank you for songs like this that we sing that tells us what's going on in the spiritual realm and Lord we know according to Colossians chapter 3 we are dead to this world and our life is hid with Christ in you so Lord as long, long as we look through your eyes through the eyes of your word and listen to you it doesn't make any difference what it looks like the bigger they are the harder they fall and hallelujah Hallelujah, hallelujah. We share the victory with you, Jesus. We just want to thank you for that. Amen, amen, amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's see. Before we get into it, we got to have the face check. I know we're tired. Everybody? <laughs> now we're ready. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's see. I want to show you a book to start off with that's really critical for the times we live in how you can be led by the Spirit of God. How you can be led by the Spirit of God. How many believe that the Holy Spirit's leading you no matter what happens, you can win if you stay with the leading? And you know, you've got to understand when the Holy Spirit's leading you, that doesn't mean it's going to be smooth sailing. Remember when Jesus got on the ship to go to the other side? The enemy sent a storm. But Jesus, in the will of God, took authority over the storm, got to where he was going, Got to preach the gospel to three cities right there. Had a whole lot of people delivered. The bad of Kadera got delivered there of all those demons. And revival was on. And so you have to know in your life, when you're led by the Spirit of God, that doesn't mean all of a sudden no trouble. It might be more trouble than ever. But not from God. Because the enemy doesn't like a Christian. That's for the Holy Ghost. Walking in faith, walking in love, following the plan of God for his life. Amen? And that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to to tell you my title. Here's kind of a long title, so i got to read what I wrote down this morning. And this is for a lot of people in the church and a lot of people that are watching tonight. And here's what the title is, How Jesus Taught Me to Make the Right Decisions in Trying Seasons of Life. In trying seasons of life. How He Taught Me to Make Right Decisions. And when I was praying early this morning about what to teach about tonight... You know, I don't have any canned sermons or anything saved up to just look at my book and say, well, this is what we're going to do tonight. I always pray about who's going to be here, who's going to be watching, what he wants to say to him, And what I did, you know, a lot of you are going through things right now, decision-making times, not bad times, but you may, because of, because of things you have to look at yourself, you may be oblivious to the fact, I'd say half our church right now, are going through some tough decisions. and people out there watching. I know multiple people right now in this church that are making career changes, that are going for higher education, stretching more. I know, I know a lot of people in this church right now are looking at property sales, what to do, how to sell, when to sell, and where to buy. There's a lot of things going on right now in people's lives. And so I want to look tonight... Through a lot of my years of Christian living and ministry and as a believer, how Jesus taught me to make the right decision every time. And then somebody had a question, and I heard that. You know, sometimes Jesus perceived their facts. He, he perceived their thoughts, knew what they were thinking. Somebody said, well, how do you know what the right choice is every time? The right choice is always the choice that keeps you in the will of God. Amen. The right choice is following God's plan for your life and he shows us in the word of God how you can make the right choice every time. Every time. How many believe that God's that smart that he can show you in your heart what to do every time? And, you know, I, I, want, I want to tell you something I learned a long time ago. I don't want to hit too many bunny trails. I got too many good notes. But what we me to tell you where most Christians miss it, they try to figure out if they can afford... To make the choice to do what they know God wants them to do. They figured out on money, but you know what I've seen so many times? Christians that follow financial security over the plan of God end up settling for second best every time. Because when you follow the plan of God, it may not be the money on the front end, but by the time all is said and done, you'll take care of better you've ever been in your life. You know why? Because that takes faith. It takes faith to go against the stream. You know, I think about the salmon. Everybody heard about salmon, how they lay their eggs. The, the strongest salmon survive because they swim up steam, upstream. Uh, little fishies go with the flow, but the big fishies, they go up against the current. And the ones that make it reproduce the strongest fish. And that's the way it is for Christians. The Christians that will go against the flow, talk about the flow of the world, We go against the flow... It takes faith to do that, and by the time you come up, come out where God wants you to be, you're a much stronger Christian, and then you're able to reproduce stronger Christians. Amen. And so tonight we're going to talk about how Jesus taught me, talk about me, Pastor Samples personally, to make the right decisions every time. Now I want you to look at James chapter one, verse five. James chapter one, verse five. And this should be the first place that every Christian starts off at where they have to make tough decisions. But uh, I, I learned, now listen to this, because I, I want to separate the carnal Christians. What's carnal Christians? That's Christians that are led by their emotions. Christians that are led by their feelings. Christians that are led by signs. God, give me a sign. Christians that are led by what does my three friends think? I learned many years ago that God will not make my decisions for me, but He will clearly show me in the Bible how to make the right decisions in life that are in line with His plan and purpose. He won't make them for me. You know, a lot of people like to play the uh, anybody. Well, this is probably a long time ago for most of you. The Monty Hall, let's make a deal game. You know, you could have door number one. Door number two, or what's behind the curtain. And a lot of people say, okay, God, just whichever door you open, that's where we'll go. I want to tell you something, you're operating in the sense knowledge arena when you pray that way. Because there may be the door that God wants you to go through is absolutely closed, and you've got to pray it open. You're talking about a man that walks with a limp. You know, I think about Jacob wrestling with the angel. When you get out there make and you make decisions, you get in trouble, and you get hit. You carry that with you the rest of your life. You always remember, that don't work. I tried that one time. That don't work. And when, you, when you've been hurt because it handled things wrong, that'll stick with you for a long time. I would rather not limp. I'd rather be able to run straight. But once you get hurt really bad because you're going by flesh decisions, then you always remember that lesson if you're smart. And if you're not smart, you might be able to go to heaven early. Amen. So anyway, uh, James chapter 1, verse 5. And this is where I'm going to start off at, and we can preach a series on this. But this is just to get us started so I can really show you in great detail what he's talking about here. If any of you lack wisdom, and right now I want to tell you before I get into this verse here, For the word wisdom, and this will make a lot of sense to you by the time we're done, for the word wisdom here, substitute the word plan. and plan. If any of you you lack the plan, and you'll see why I say that just a little bit. So for the word wisdom, substitute the word plan and it will help you immensely with your faith and decision making. Concerning God's plan and God's will for your life. And so Anyway, he says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of who? Your three friends. Go on Facebook. What should I do? If I can get 10,000 likes, that's what I'm going to do. You know 10,000 people could be wrong. Amen. In Romans, says, Let God be true to every man a liar. God's the one that knows, and the Bible tells us, you don't go ask it everybody else. You know, if you're an adult, If you're an adult, you can have mature Christian friends, and you can have mature parents or relatives of the Lord, but they don't know what God's perfect will is for your life. I'll tell you what, I don't think there was one solitary person in my family was in agreement with me uprooting my family and coming to California 17 years ago. I had so many people against me, turned on me, not because they didn't like me, because they thought I was absolutely an idiot. They, they 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 thought for years we were off the deep end by the way we lived by faith and the things we did. But when we left everything behind and came to California, then they thought we proved that we really were an idiot. But you know what? Here we are. And there's a lot of people back there that aren't where we are. Talk about in life or spiritually, they've lost because they don't know how to follow the plan of God. And so when you follow the plan of God, you may have a whole lot of mature Christians that think they've got your best interests at heart but they've got their interest for your life in their head not God's interest in your heart and so you've got to be able to follow the plan of God So if any, now listen to this, this this is important, you get this before we move on if any of you lack wisdom or the plan of God for your life let him ask of God gives to all men and upbraideth not as shall be given him but let him ask in faith Let him ask in faith. Now, I want to help you right here. I I, I teach faith all the time. I've lived this way for a long time. It says, let him ask in faith. There's difference between just a head crying out to God. Oh, God, give me your wisdom. Show me what to do. There's no faith in that. That's your head. It says, when you ask in faith, do you remember in James chapter 5, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick? Amen. Do you remember Mark chapter 11, verse 22? Jesus said, have the faith of God. Speak to the mountain. It says, whoever shall believe and not doubt in their heart. And so in other words, the kind of faith we're talking about you don't doubt in your heart. And so God says, when you ask him for faith, for, for wisdom, for the plan, you ask him in faith. What does that mean? Does that mean that every day you say, oh God, oh God, give me the wisdom, give me the wisdom. That's the same thing as God said, heal me, heal me, heal me, heal me. If you ask him the first time according to the word of God for healing to begin working in your body, you don't beg him every day. You get up and you thank him. I want to thank you, Lord. You heard me when I prayed. When I prayed, Lord, I want to thank you. Healing begin to flow through my body. And Lord, according to your word, I'm getting better every day. You may, you may have had the elders of the church and all you follow, pray the prayer of faith. You may have laid hands on yourself, had somebody else lay hands on you. But in Mark 16, verse 17, 18, Jesus said, when believers lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And so Jesus said that, and so when you've been taught Scripture according to the Word of God, once hands have been laid on you, what you've been prayed for, you don't go back again and keep on asking, you thank Him. You thank Him. You thank Him. Every day you hook up, you get up, you've got pain in your body, the tests still show bad at the hospital or whatever it is you get checked on, but instead of begging God again, you act like He heard you the first time. You say, Father, I want to thank you. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm moved by your word. And you told me the prayer of faith would heal the sick. The prayer of faith has been prayed for me. And so, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm getting better every day. And by by the way, I know a pastor in Barstow, California, went back to the oncologist last week, and they upgraded the results of the last test. He always said normal. It was always normal before. This time, the oncologist said excellent 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 everything's perfect everything's excellent amen talk about somebody that five years ago they said had stage four blood cancer amen you know from the day from the day the diagnosis came i had the elders of the church pray for me i never one time ever again asked jesus for healing but i went through all the pains all the agonies all the hurts all the things going on you know what i did Every time pain shot through my body, I said, I want to thank you, Lord. The prayer of faith was prayed for me. And you said, the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. So I want to thank you. I'm getting better every day. Can you see the difference? Amen. There's no begging in that. There's no doubt in that. It's thanking him that his word's working. So now let's take this to this wisdom. It said, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, but ask in faith. So what does that mean? That means right now, whether you're in a career change and you got some choices to do there, you're at a job change, wanting a better job. You're in the housing market again, buy and sell whatever you're doing. Have all the things going on right now. There's so many people in the church that I've heard about the last couple of weeks. Some I've talked to that are going through so many different, uh, really make-or-break decisions in life right now. They make they make the wrong choice, they can really get hurt. They make the they make the right choice. There's going to be sacrifice, going to be work, and going to be a lot a lot of time and. A lot, of, a lot of pain involved to get to where they're going, but to make the right choice by the time they get to the end of the journey, they're going to win. Amen. So it says, you ask for the plan, but ask in faith, what does that mean? Whatever it is you're looking at in life right now, when you pray, you look at, look at a verse like this here, this is probably the best verse to look at, and say, Father, your word says that if I lack wisdom, I need to ask of you. Now everybody over here is saying this, and everybody over here is saying this. And these people tell me this is what i got to do. But Lord, you're the one that knows what I need to do. So I'm asking you for the wisdom of God. And then when you get up the next day, or when you go to bed at nighttime, especially at nighttime. I know what's always been the biggest challenge to me when I was going through things trying to figure out what to do. All day long I'd be busy and I had no time to think about it. I'd go to bed, and it's quiet, and all of a sudden... I get a thousand thoughts come across my head and I start working it out. Well, what I learned to do, I stop and say this. I say, Father, I want to thank you. I prayed for your wisdom. And Lord, I've casted the care of this upon you. I've given this to you. I'm going to sleep. And Lord, I want to thank you. I've asked for the wisdom of God and you said you give it to everybody liberally. And so I want to thank you, Lord, that by the time I have to make this decision, I'm going to know exactly what to do. And you know the way this works? Don't listen for thoughts. Don't listen for thoughts. You need to cast down thoughts and imagination. Every high thing exalts itself against the knowledge of God. God will put it in your heart, and then it will relay to your thought process. It will come out of your heart. It will be a peaceful thing. And for me, it's always been, I know that I know that I know that I know. And because I'm married to a good Christian wife we've always had to know together for the crucial things of life and let's think about it when you're dealing with things that just involve you that's one thing you know if you make a misstep you're the only one that pays the price but when you're dealing with a family or other people involved like for a pastor choices that we make as pastor don't just affect us they affect all of you too and if we make a miscalculation In things we do in making decisions concerning the church, it's not just us that suffer, it's the whole church suffers. And so we gotta really, really listen. But you get trained out there as a sheep before you're a shepherd to learn what to do. And so, I wanna say this again before I move on from what we're teaching tonight, that once you prayed, if you prayed in faith, faith works, Jesus said, by what you believe in your heart and say with your mouth. And so, whether your head, whether your head believes it or not makes no difference. He says, shall not doubt in your heart. So you pray for the wisdom of God. May not feel any different. You may feel dumber, dumber than you ever felt before. Like, man, I'm so dumb. I just don't know what to do. You're right. That's why you ask for the wisdom of God, because he does. And so then you just, every time, every time, every time you're hit with new choices, you don't hastily go with it. You just say, I want to thank you, Father. I've got the wisdom of God. I've got the wisdom of God. I've got the wisdom of God. And by the time I have to make the decision, I'll know what to do. Amen. Amen. And and so anyway, as we're studying along these lines of the wisdom of God being the plan of God, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 and 20. And I want to show you how Jesus taught me to call the wisdom of God the plan of God. And so I want you to notice three things here in verse 19 and 20. The Lord, by wisdom, by wisdom, hath founded the earth. By understanding, hath he established the heavens. And by his knowledge, the wisdom, understanding, knowledge, by his knowledge, the depths are broken up, and the clouds drop down their dew. And so he says, by wisdom, the Lord made all this. Yes, that means God had a plan. God had a blueprint for, for making the earth, for making the galaxies, for making everything. He had a plan for what the end result was going to be. And so God, before He did anything, already knew how He wanted it to turn out. And when you pray for the wisdom of God, God already has a plan how He wants your whole life to turn out. And because your life is broken down into seasons, God knows the season... Of young of of young life, God knows the season of middle age. God knows the season of older life. And so, God, how He wants your life to turn out right now, is preparing you for the end. He already knows where you're supposed to end up at. And so, as you're asking for the wisdom of God, the plan of God, God already knew what He wanted on the earth. He already knew about all the continents, the the uh, all the solar systems, and all the water, the trees. All the animals, people, everything he wanted, God had a blueprint. And then it says, by, by, by wisdom, he did that. Then by understanding, he established the heavens. And so, that understanding is the steps of action to accomplish the plan. God, number one, he had a blueprint. He had a plan. Then, number two, he knew how he wanted to begin. He knew the first step, the second step. He knew what he wanted to do. So, when you're pr- playing, when you're praying concerning the, plan of God for your life, especially when things are really crucial, things are going on, you number one need the plan but if you don't know the steps of what to do how are you going to do anything? you got to know what to do. God give you wisdom, understanding and then it says by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down their dew and so the knowledge is to put into action take the steps that you know to take to bring the plan to pass you can have the plan but if you're afraid to take the first step, you're dead in the water, never going anywhere, and you just go with the flow, you'll live like an unsaved person. That just says, Well, stuff happens. Stuff happens. And then if you want to really act like a really goofy religious person, you can change it to this one. Well, everything happens for a reason. You just don't I believe everything happens for a reason. Well, if you live that way, John ten ten tells the reason. The thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. That's why it happened. Amen. Jesus come for us to have a enjoy life and abundance to the fold till it overflows. And so when these things happen down here, if you're always afraid, if you're afraid to step out when you know what to do, then everything just happens for a reason. It happened in your life, Goofy, because you're afraid to move. <laughs> I'm the oversight pastor now I can say that. <laughs> Look at Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. No, no, I was, I, was, I, was, I was kind of making fun there. But you know, it's a terrible thing. <clears throat> it's a terrible fa- a thing that I've watched over and over again. When you've got Holy Ghost filled Christians, they got the Spirit of God in them, they've got revelation of the Word of God. And then when things go on, they get down to that goofy religious stuff. Everything happens for a reason, I believe. Well, I believe the Bible. The Bible tells me faith pleases God. The Bible tells me faith submits to God, resists to the devil, and he flees. The Bible tells me tithe, the window's ever open, etc., etc. There's a lot of things the Bible tells us to do to win in life. Not just whatever happens, happens, you know. Uh, it happens. It just happens. Well, a lot of things tried to happen in my life. Uh, it tried to happen when my son was three and a half years old take him to heaven. I didn't let it happen. I took authority over things five years ago, five years ago, things happened, trying to let me go to heaven. Oh, he was such a wonderful pastor. it was just god 's time. No, it was the devil 's time to trying to take me out early. I took authority over it amen i 'm telling you right now in your life it 's not god 's plan for you to lose it 's not god 's plan for you lose in real estate deals to use in to lose it, uh, Career change deals. It's not God's plan for you to lose out for your kids right now, but God's got a plan for them because times are tight. God still wants you above all else to prosper and be in health. But faith pleases God. You have to, you have to step out and do what he shows you to do. So I want you to look at this now in Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4. And I want you to see if you see a common denominator here. Okay. It says, through wisdom, there it is again, is a house building. Got to have a blueprint to build the house. Houses don't just turn out nice because you got something in your head and just start putting boards up and nails up and screws up and think you're going to make a nice house. And then while you're making, you say, "Well, you know what? I don't like that there. I'll just nail this one over here now." Man, you end up a really goofy, messed up house. It says through wisdom, a house is built and by understanding is established. You got to have the steps of action to put that house together, and by knowledge. Shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches? By knowledge, they're filled. You got to take the steps. You got to have the plan. You got to have the steps. And you got to take the steps. And so, uh, uh, it's a spiritual law wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Get the plan. Find out the steps of action. And then take the steps. Now, I want to give you a clue. Are you awake? Are you listening? I want to give you a hint a lot of the time, all you're going to know is the first step. And if you don't take the first step, there's a real good chance you'll never know what step two would have been. I want to tell you, Mrs. Pastor and I, over our 40 years of marriage and most of that in the ministry, you do not know the things we've done in life to take that first step. Where it looked like we was absolutely going to lose everything we had, and that was the end of everything. And then I, I still remember that little demon used to like to talk to me. I don't I don't talk to demons except to say, "Get me behind, get thee behind me, Satan." Say, "I bind you, Satan, in Jesus' name." But I used to hear this little demon voice when we would be out there. We'd stretch, we'd stretched out financially, had everything we had uh, invested in the kingdom of God for what He wanted us to do. Giving away things that we really needed to sow seed for the kingdom of God and things would happen and then when it looked like God wasn't going to come through I'd hear this little demon voice well Jesus said he'd be with you till the end this is the end I'm not joking to be funny I used to hear that voice time and time and time again well God said he'd be with you till the end this is the end i say no devil this is the beginning of the next phase. This is the end of the last one. This begins the next one. I reap what I sow. I've sown in the kingdom of God, and i got harvest coming. Amen. Is this helping anybody see what we're talking about, how to see what to do in life to win in life? And, and so you've got to take that first step. But now what I want to do for the last few minutes, I want to show you a Holy Spirit-inspired New Testament prayer that will help you and carry you through the challenging time you're in right now if you'll hook up with it and and, and release your faith in it and get a hold of it, let it get a hold of you go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 through 14 this is actually my favorite New Testament prayer you know the epistles are loaded with prayers for believers and you, you know we're not teaching on prayer tonight but I, I've taught so many times: you pray for Christians different than you pray for sinners. You pray for Christians different. Amen. Christians don't need to get saved; Christians need to be disciples and walk in the wisdom of God. Amen. To walk in the power of God. But this Colossians chapter one is right in line with everything I just I just showed showed you from the Word of God, verse nine. Colossians one says, for this cause, if you back up the start of the chapter, the cause, the cause is this: that he heard of their love and their faith, love for people, their faith in Jesus. He said, because you're hooked up and you're a serious Christian, you've got faith in God and you love people. He said, this is how I prayed for you. For this cause, we also since they heard it, we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire. Now look at these words again: that you might be filled. And I, I, I always, just the way it comes out of me is always how, how I, I, I was taught this, this is the Greek. So this is what always comes out of me when I pray this. The desire you might be filled with the exact and precise knowledge. The exact and precise knowledge of His will. Now here we are again. In all wisdom, has spiritual understanding. In all wisdom, has spiritual understanding. In all wisdom, has spiritual understanding. And so what that means is this, be filled with the exact and precise knowledge of his will, in all wisdom, is known the plan. You're seeing the picture. You're seeing the blueprint. The wisdom of God is the plan of God. And he said, I'm praying for you because you're a serious Christian. You love people. You love Jesus. You serve Jesus. You're a person of faith. And because you are, I can pray this for you, he said. He said, I'm praying that the Father will fill you with exact and precise knowledge, exact and precise knowledge of his will, in all wisdom, the plan, and spiritual understanding that you'll know the steps to take to accomplish that plan. The wisdom, the understanding, you know the steps to take to accomplish that plan. Why is that? Now here's the action part, that you might walk worthy. Well, that's action. What do you do if you're taking the steps? You're starting to walk. He said, I'm praying. You'll be filled with the knowledge of the plan. He said, then you'll be able to take the steps so you can walk worthy. Isn't that the goal? We want to know exactly what to do so we don't make missteps, so we're heading in the right direction. And, you know, I'm I'm just thinking about that season, a little vision the Lord gave me in the daytime one time back in 2005. We was in the transition time in ministry knowing that the Lord had some place for us to go out of Indiana. And at that point in time, I was driving a mail truck for the post office. I I took a part-time job, driving that truck to support my family while I was going through really severe financial hit and finance in our church and things back in Indiana. And I I had a break in the afternoon. I had had a local route going to several post offices down in the central Indiana area. And there was a break in the action in the afternoon where I had, had about three hours in between runs. And so I parked the mail truck outside of my place where we was living at. And don't tell anybody that was living in a garage at the time. But anyway, uh, sometimes you, when you're doing things to follow after God, it's not all bed of roses. But I can tell you this, we're not living in a garage today. That was temporary. And the best thing about, about living where we was living, though, I'd is open a great big door and I had a view. <laughs> that part was the only good part about it, I guess. But we made it to where we are. So anyway in between uh, the run I laid down to take a little, little nap and I was, as I was laying there I hope I can convey the picture the Lord showed me and I knew exactly what to do I'm not always led by visions but it really is something when you get one and then I want to tell you something too this might help you if you ever have a dream or a vision and it's from God you will know immediately what it's about you'll have to toil about it for days try to figure it out you know why? because he's not the author of confusion. Amen. When God gives you a dream, God gives you a vision, you don't have to worry about it. You just say, oh, wow. Wow, man, I, I know what that is. And so this dream here, you know, I, I I was in 18-wheelers for 28 years. So because I was in big trucks for a long time, maybe I see things different than some of you do from a trucker's perspective out there. But I was in an 18-wheeler, and back, 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 back in the Midwest... It's not like California, we don't have desert. We got grass, we got weeds. Everything off the road, everything in the middle of the road is green everywhere. And so I was behind this truck and this little mini vision I had and I was driving this truck up the road and when you have a vision from God, it's just as real as if it's really happened. It's like watching a TV show. I was behind this truck driver and all of a sudden this truck driver Turned off the road, and there wasn't an extra ramp, it was just the road. He turned off and just headed off through the grass. As he's going through the grass, there's grass in front of him, and as he's flying through there, it's a road behind him. He was making his own road. He was gone, and it looked like, I thought, oh, this guy's going to crash, and I was watching him. I thought, man, look at that guy. There's no road, but he's going over There is no road. And then there's a road. When he got on it, the road was there. I immediately knew what to do. I, try, I tried to quit that job for two years, had a backslidden Baptist guy, went to Baptist school to be a pastor. And he was backslidden, and he was my boss, and he liked my anointing around him. And so every time I tried to quit so I could pursue closer what God wanted, he changed me hours, give me a raise, and everything he could to keep me there because he liked me around him. So after that dream there, I knew exactly what it was. I had to make my way by faith what God wanted. As long as I was on the road I was on, which was driving that truck for him, I couldn't go where God wanted me to go. And so I immediately knew that guy got off the clear road and got on the faith road. And we got on the faith road, then it worked. And after I turned in that resignation, it wasn't I think that, that was that was in February of two thousand and five. We met with Dr. Barclay in Cincinnati, Ohio, well in in May, and Dr Dr. Barclay gave us his advice he said, "God is finished with you in Indiana. But he's not finished with you. He's got another location for you. You need to find out where it's at." And so then, it wasn't long after that we let our we let our ministry friends know when we, if they see anything, churches let us know so we can pray about it. See it. We got a call from the people that was our they were called our regional directors for the ministry we were ordained with. They said there's a church in California and they need a pastor. But you know what? if I'd have stayed in that truck and by the way when I turned that, when I turned that down that's the end of our income that <laughs> cut the money down it was gone so that's a little bit we had saved up from our, from our tax return that is what we lived off of but that carried us through so we got to California but listen to what I'm saying you've got to know the plan of God and that didn't just happen to me because I was lucky. I was seeking, praying, believing. I received the wisdom of God for the next phase because I knew we were dead where we were and we had to get to where God wanted us. You understand what I'm saying? While you're doing these things, you've got to be seeking. You're not just uh, going to make a choice in life because you just make a choice. You've got to spend, spend time with God. Spend time with Jesus. And so we'll, we'll, we'll be winding this down. So That that we walk uh, worthy and all pleasing, being fruitful. I think we're a little bit fruitful out here, don't you? Would you call this a good work? I think it is. We've been fruitful in every good work out here. And all the time, we're increasing in the exact and precise knowledge of God. Now listen, this is still part of the prayer, verse 11. This is part of the prayer. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. It takes the strength of God. When you cut the purse strings off, there's no money coming in. It takes the strength of God. When you go two thousand miles where you've lived all your life, within about a, about probably a. I, pro- I probably lived in about fifty miles radius of where I was born at all my life till I came out here. But you know what the plan of God was for us? Everybody that out there told us how stupid we was for coming to California they were wrong and jesus was right and i followed jesus and so in your life right now just consider what i'm saying from the bible there might be a lot of people you're going to that are smart people but they don't know the will of god for you only you will one day the bible says we'll stand in front of jesus give an account for our life and we get there you can't get up there and say well you know what So-and-so was was the smartest pastor I ever knew, and he's the one that told me I ought to do that. You know what Jesus is going to say? Welcome to heaven. I'm glad you're here. Amen. He's going to be glad you're there. So anyway, with all might according to his glorious power. Now right here, there's two key words you got to get a hold of or you'll sink. Strengthen with all might according to all patience and long-suffering with sadness. Patience and long suffering with joyfulness, with joyfulness. Now listen, patience has to do with going through a hard time. Long suffering has to do have to deal with mean people. Patience and long suffering are two different words that you wouldn't have been there like that. Patience is it starts getting tough. And you hear those little demon voices telling you, boy, you blew it this time. It's over now. And then the long-suffering is those people that are the thorn of the flesh. That seems like the devil always knows how to pull them out of the woodwork when you're being challenged with doubt anyway and you're going through things that you just don't know what to do. And somebody shows up all the time. Every time I turn around, there they are. I told you so. I told you so. See, that's what you're going to. You're, 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 going, you're going to that goofy church over there. They brainwashed you. That's what happened. You should have never done it. You should have never done it. Save your money. You're giving money to that preacher. You should never do that. You better watch what you're doing. Da-da-da-da-da. Long-suffering. suffering you got to be able. you got to be able to stay cool and not blow up and just unload on people and then go try to witness to them next week. With joyfulness. And so I have learned all my Christian life, when that stuff tries to hit me, I either got the language of silence or just, just watch a little bit of the news today's and learn how to make a word salad. Just said a little bit of everything with saying nothing where you walk away from. They try to think, what do you say? Sure beats getting mad, doesn't it? With joyfulness. Anyway, this, this whole prayer here is a really, really good prayer to pray. But I always, when I pray this, I, I, I pray it a lot of days in a row. But I never do the asking. It's so always in the thinking. I want to thank you, Father. You filled me with the exact precise knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, Lord. I want to thank you. You are strengthening me as I speak with might by your spirit, made inner man. I want to thank you, Lord. I'm full of joy. I'm full of peace. I want to thank you, Jesus. I've got the fruit of the Spirit. long sufferings in me, Jesus. I've got temperance. I've got me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Turn this into the thanksgiving all the time and I can promise you According to the Word of God, God will give you the plan. He'll give you the steps. But I going to say it one more time. the prize just be step one because you're going to see if you're going to take it or not. And then once you take step one, it just seems like everybody else, it just starts going like dominoes in once you take that first step of faith. And then you're the one. You're the one. That has to keep your joy level up. But things don't look good. Laugh. Praise. Dance. Gray tape stay in faith. Amen. Woo! Glory to God. Well, Pastor Dave, Senior Pastor Dave.
0: All right, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Praise God. Amen. Those are some really good verses. I hope everybody wrote those down because that's uh, that's the type of lesson you need to go back over and read again and, uh, and really uh, take a deeper look at that. But, I know that the Lord is uh, speaking uh, to all of us to have the right wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for all the great opportunities and things that he's laying in front of us right now. Amen. All right. Well, let's have our prayer team come up. And if you need prayer for anything tonight, uh, we'd love to be in agreement with you and, and see the Lord work in your life. And, uh, you know, if not, I just ask you uh, to worship the Lord there from your seat. But let's take just a few minutes as we close out tonight. Amen.
1: You turn it for good You take what the enemy meant for evil And you turn it for good You turn it for good I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory
0: right well we'll go ahead and close things out tonight pray that everybody received god's word this evening amen and of course again we got lots of great stuff uh coming up on the calendar so make sure you stay in the loop and don't miss out on anything but very exciting times that we live in right now amen all right let's close out in prayer and we'll do our barstow faith confession tonight Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, so much uh, for what we've seen in your word tonight, Lord. And we thank you that if we need wisdom, we just need to ask you, as James chapter one says, and uh, as we ask, Lord, and we know it's got to be in faith, we can't doubt that we're going to receive from you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, help us with that. And and of course, as you showed us in Proverbs, that you have wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for everything that we need in life. We love you, and we pray that as we leave here tonight, Lord, that you'll use us the rest of this week and we know that you are always with us in jesus name amen all right let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over barstow tonight we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is safe Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. We'll see you this week.